to get to know what you guys have offered. Tell me, today we're talking about marketing your brand, and I want you to tell me your top tip when it comes to, you know, the seven P's of marketing or really anything else when it comes to branding um, that you see um, as the top tip for, for marketing your business with your with their brand in mind. So I'll hand the mic over to you, Allison, and then, Allie, you can go after. Great. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It's great. Anything talking about marketing is always a good thing. Um, I think the number one tip would be to get your message right. You know, who you are, what you do, what people can expect from you. Um, one of my favorite definitions of branding is it is what people say about you when you're not in the room. You know, that whole experience that you give to them, I think is, you know, a lot of people think of branding as logo and fonts and colours, but it's actually the experience. So if you can get clear on your message and the experience you're going to give to people, you're ahead of the game. So I'm Alison. I'm happy to introduce Ali. Hey, Ali. Sorry, just swapping out my laundry over here. Uh, <laughs> my name is Allie McMurtry, and while I am not a marketing professional, uh, I am a bookkeeper, and I do know a little bit about business. So, um, yeah, marketing for your brand is huge. Making sure that you have a clear, a clear point of your marketing is even better, and I'm saying that from experience. So I'm just here to drop random nuggets of uh, information and to, of course, soak it up like the rest of us are. And I will popcorn over to Suzette. Suzette, welcome. I know you popped in maybe after I asked this question, but the question for our moms to kind of get this room kicked off here before we start going into the question and answer and discussion portion, which is always my favorite part of the room, not going to lie. But um, do you have a top tip for marketing your business on brand? Thanks. Um, actually always being authentic. Um, I think too many people say one thing and do another. Um, and so, and for example, I was in a room the other day where somebody told me to talk, so we had a big particular company called Rio Tinto in Australia, a um, very big mining company, and they say that their brand is all about respect, yet they destroyed um, 45,000-year-old Aboriginal heritage names, which is not consistent with brand. So for me, I think probably the number one thing is being consistent and making sure that you know what you say you do um, and that you live your brand. I just said that, that's me. Ooh, that's a good one. What you say, you do, and you live your brand. I absolutely love that. All right, so um, just wanted to pull up a few people here on the stage, so I want to welcome Tina, Wasim, and Jocelyn. Hey! <laughs> um, and so uh, this is a room where we're going to be talking a lot about marketing when it comes to being uh, branded and making sure your marketing really coincides and matches with your brand. So anyone in the audience, you guys are more than welcome to come up to the stage, ask your questions, drop your tips, join the conversation. Um, but I'm going to pass the mic right away to Tina. Hey, Tina, thanks for coming up and accepting my invite up to the stage. Tell us a little bit about your business and do you have a marketing tip or a question? 
Thank you. I'm just pulling over because I'm driving. Um, I I am a relative newbie. I honestly am deep in ideas and uh, curiosity about what to do with my 45,000 member Facebook group. And I've had a little interaction with Allison. She's been amazing, helped me in so many ways. And this weekend is my dive in knee deep weekend to try and pull all of my ideas together so that it is laser focused and I can get to work. Alrighty, so starting the starting this room out with a great question right off the bat. What do, should she do with her forty five thousand person Facebook group? Um, and it's called Dog Support Vehicle Ideas and Setup. So it's very specific to dog owners, and I'm assuming dog owners with dogs with disabilities or something along those lines. So um, does anyone have any pointers? Uh, or go ahead, Tina. Do you want to ask me? Yeah, it's dog support vehicles, so it's safe transport of pets, whether you're a sporting event or you're traveling or you take your dog to work. It's just people sharing their ideas about how to travel safely with their animals. Oh, totally read that all the way backwards. Don't trust. <laughs> Don't judge me. Go ahead, Allison. So an email list, does does anyone have an idea? Tina, do you have an email list currently? Um, I just started, um, literally, I only met Allison last week, and she told me what to do. And in the interim, before I refine my ideal lead magnet, I do have um, a lead magnet on my Instagram about how to speak assertively in dog sports. So I am starting the list. I think I have probably in the Oops, I was off mute that whole time. I hit the mic to get myself off of mute, but I was actually off mute already. Um, does anyone else have a tip um, for utilizing her Facebook group to her advantage? So we've got her email list going. Anyone else? Suzette, Jamie? No. Hi, Mrs. Oh, go ahead. I, I, yep, go ahead. Make sure. 
sure that you um, buy the domain name if you can to, to protect yourself. Because once you get it out there, someone might steal it and then they might demand a higher price versus $11 a month or something. Um, and the second thing that I learned from her is she actually, because she has so many people, she decided to create, um, and she was planning to monetize it as well, she decided to create um, a 501c3 um, for her for her, you know, for her project. So it's just something that I'm just throwing around because eventually, eventually you want to monetize it, it might actually help you in the long run. Um, I'm not an attorney, but it's definitely something that you might want to think about. This is Sia, I'm done speaking. Thank you, um, at Allison's great insistence, I went out and secured everything. TikTok, Pinterest, um, Instagram, website, I did it all. That's good. That's really good. That's, that's smart. Tina, does that... Oh, go ahead, Suzette. I was just saying, I'm definitely not a Facebook expert for me. Um, it's not my area as much, but I suppose the thing I've been coming back and taking out so Facebook is, is you know, it's always adding value. And, you know, I totally agree with you um, with that, that uh, comment about moving people from Facebook group into email. That's, and by, you know, providing that value and giving them, you know, a, a lot of the time it's actually more as we don't give them a way to actually engage with us beyond. I mean, a lot of people on Clubhouse are very... Um, guilty of that, of, you know, people want to work with us, but we don't actually you know, give them a way to actually interact with them. So I think about, you know, probably taking a step back and looking at everything. You've mentioned a whole lot of things that you've got and um, registered, and that's awesome, but I wouldn't necessarily go implementing all of them immediately. Be strategic about it and try to work out, you know, where is it your people are hanging out, and try to move them to, obviously, to things like your email list that you actually own and you control as the Facebook changes all the time. Um, but yeah, so just think about it you know, all overall and don't sort of try to get put yourself in a position that you're overwhelmed by it all. I just said that's good. Hey Tina, I, I wanted to add on that just a little bit. I'm sorry, I just popped in. Um, I wanted to, to say to you that when you are putting together a community that the thing you have to keep in mind is engagement, right? You, you have to give them a reason to come see you every single day. So when you're really thinking about how you're communicating with them and what you're putting out there beyond thinking of, of broadcasting and what you're bringing to the table. That's how you really start to implement that bringing of value that Suzanne was talking about and how you can get them excited about hearing the value that you're going to be giving them every day. And that excitement is what channels them into the email list. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to drop that in and really put that buzzword into your, your ear when it comes to anything group related. It is about engagement and it is about keeping them there day after day after day. Jeannie, and I'll pass my time to you. Um, yeah, to add, when I met Tina and we ended up having a great conversation, I looked at this group. The engagement level is fantastic. You know, she's getting huge numbers of comments and likes and, and people are posting in there. She is adding a huge amount of value. She just wasn't putting it behind an email captain. You know, so she was giving all of that. And to actually build her brand,
just not building it for themselves, which I think is really important. You know, we need to be strategic about why we're giving all this value. I'm Alison, and I'll pass it back. Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. This has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, these these pointers that you got have been, I mean, very, very good. If you ask me, you know, make sure you set up, you know, taking taking over that name on, on, on as many platforms as you can, making sure you have the email list, making sure you are adding value, but positioning yourself that you are not going to get overwhelmed. Um and keeping that engagement rate high. I am so glad that, that we have all these beautiful mods. Tina, does that help you with some ideas of, of what you can do with your, your group now? Absolutely. And I, I did go in, although I captured all the names, I, there's not a remote chance in, on this green earth that I can do all of that at one time. I'm still fairly overwhelmed by Clubhouse. So, yeah, I'm going to attempt to um, choose what I think my people are looking at. Otherwise, I'm going to choose what I'm comfortable with, and then I'll I'll figure out where they're at. But I I've had immense value listening to marketing groups, but Alice has really um, made make the most amount of sense and make it same day applicable for me. So I'm super grateful. Awesome. I'm so glad. And, and just as a pointer for everybody here, these, um, every single room inside of the Help a Business Owner Out Club does get, we, we take the notes. So, um, what happens is after it's done, we will be sending them to you guys. And, um, if you have any questions afterward, feel free to reach out to any of these beautiful moderators to kind of get more ongoing help if you need it. So, perfect. All right. So as a quick reset, like I said, we are in the Help a Business Owner Out Club. We have some amazing moderators up here, Allison, Allie, Suzette, and Jeannie, here to answer any of your marketing questions. And really, we're, we're talking about making sure when you're doing your marketing, you are staying on brand today. So here to answer any and all of your questions, I'm going to move the mic to Jocelyn. Hi, Jocelyn, my, my namesake. Uh, what, what is your marketing question for today? So to recap for our mods, um, how many pillars should you have inside of your brand? And I'm assuming she's talking about content pillars. And then um, how can you make sure that they are working for you and your brand after you've kind of decided and are testing them? I'm going to pass the mic. Um, I'm going to do it to Suzette first, and then we'll go, um, you know, to Allison and, and Jeannie and Allie um, if they have anything. Suzette, do you have something first? Yeah, okay. Um
I'm going to turn to Bob when you're talking to me. Uh, Stuart McLaren is doing a, a, a launch at the moment, that sort of thing. But one thing he does, at, um, he talks about, is the concept of the success path. So do a Google on Stuart McLaren success path. And he's really good about breaking. I mean, he does it for memberships, but it would work across different kinds of information um, types where what it is is about getting people to, to think about information in sort of a, a journey. But it would work really well with pillars as well because you could actually group things of what are people trying to actually do um, and take them through that journey through the pillars of your um, of what you're trying to achieve. Um, does that sort of help? I understand, does yeah, thank you. I think uh, I agree with you that it can more than three or five can be overwhelming, but I was just curious um, your guys' take on that just because um, I've seen some people do a little too much and then some people not do enough. And so for me, trying to find that right balance is key. Perfect. Allison, Jeannie, Allie, do you have anything to add to that when it comes to how many pillars and how to make sure they're, they're working for you? Yes, I, I do with that one. I honestly think it comes down to knowing your business and knowing your client, whether you call it your, you know, your right fit client or your ideal client avatar, but it's knowing, you know, the niche of your business. For example, my business, I have six pillars because I work with business owners to actually help them to build and grow and scale a business and for a business to be really healthy. There are six key areas that must be functioning well. And that's, you know, mindset, marketing, finances, that sort of thing. So I, I have six pillars. And even when I survey my audience, there's always those six. And I categorize all their answers. There's always those six areas. So that's right for my business. For someone else's business, it may well be two. So it's getting a, a right fit that's even more important than the number of categories or buckets you have for each of them. I'm Alison. Perfect. Okay, anyone else? Alrighty. Oh, yeah, go ahead, yeah I wanted to um, I wanted to, to reach out to Alison. If you if you PT off for a second, I've um, I've updated my profile picture. <coughs> Alison, I think you and I are talking about a lot of the same things with the six major processes that are necessary for a business that can scale and, and thrive. And I put, I put that into my uh, profile picture because it is, it is there's, there's absolutely those six major processes, so I'd love to, to talk with you there. But I do exactly the same thing. Is I have the six pillars, and I talk about the six content pillars and how they work together. You know, I guess how they work together Awesome. And I will pop in here as well. Um, and, and, and I want to 
touch on, I think that what they said content wise is great, right? Um, and, and how many they should be, um, uh, is fine. But tracking how they're working for you is also really, really important. Um, I have a built-in analytic system inside of my social media scheduler, but you can always go into Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn proper to see, you know, how many people are seeing that post, how many people are interacting with that post, what are they actually interact, and then you can actually look at how, like, we know how many, but then what are they actually doing to interact with it? Um, and I think that is really, really important to know um, where your audience is at, right? And what I mean by that is where your audience is at in the sense of do they understand certain things? Do you need to do more education or more sales posts on a certain topic inside of your pillars? Um, and then you can always take it a step back and go, okay, my audience doesn't interact with, with this kind of post at all. Like, let's say it's about sales, right? I don't know. Um, the sales posts, right? And it's because they don't understand the words I'm using, right? I've tested out, um, you know, posts that are very basic. I've tested out high level posts. And when my high level posts go out, they don't understand a damn thing, but when the low-level posts go out, you know, like the basic um, information, they're eating it up. They're asking questions, right? So my audience doesn't quite know as much about sales as I thought they did. I need to do more education, do a couple live videos, more, you know, posts, whatever, um, on that topic. And so I think that's a really key thing is making sure you're looking at the analytics once you have decided and are putting out that content and checking to see that your, your um, audience is resonating with that content. And then if they're not figuring out why so does that help you jocelyn it makes sense to me sorry my reception's a little bit bad i'm going over a bridge no worries no worries and I do want to let everyone know in the audience, you guys are more than welcome to pop up and ask a question at any point in time. No question is too large or too small. We have some serious marketing brains here um, and business development brains here. So um, these are the people to ask and at least get get a starting step and then we can keep going if need be. Um, I am going to uh, pass the mic to Seal, how are you? Nice to see you again. Um, tell me what your marketing question is. Or you're on mute. That works too. I don't know if you know you're on mute. Hopefully you're not just talking to thin air. <laughs> um, okay, while we're waiting for Seal to get back to her phone. Um, uh, I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. I'm just going to say, uh, Rashida, I see you raising your hand. I've invited you up a couple times. You're going to have to hit the um, accept becoming a speaker, um, and that, that'll happen. Okay, cool. So, all right, go ahead, Seal. I don't know. Maybe you're having a reception issue because she's here, and then she's I'm not. I'm so sorry, Jocelyn. Um, I'm here. Yeah, I apologize. Um, so, my question is, I am... Um, I'm starting a, a room, a club, I'm sorry, I'm starting a club, um, and eventually I wanted to start rooms. Um, and again, I'm brand new here on Clubhouse, but my goal is to um, help men and women who repeatedly attract toxic romantic partners. Um, my question is, how do I create, and I'm, I'm very familiar with being able to create a safe space outside of Clubhouse, but since I'm new on Clubhouse, I wanted to just ask you, how 
can I create a safe space of Clubhouse where I could get men and women to um, open up and, and, and open up about their toxic relationships and how I can help them um, identify toxic people when they start dating or um, avoid these types of people, and, you know, especially after they've invested themselves emotionally um, and time-wise um, for a new partner. How can I create that safe space and find those people? This is you, and I'm done speaking. Ooh, Seal, I love that. So I'm going to split this up into two different questions. We'll cover the first one first and the second one second. The first one is how to create a safe space on Clubhouse. And I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll take this, um, one quickly and then I will pass it around because we all ha will have our, our, um, opinions on this. Um, but I've been doing a lot of talking actually around that in the last few days. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why that's like a new, I don't even want to say it's a new thing, but it's, it's a huge topic right now. And overwhelmingly, what we have come up with when I've been on these stages and talking about, about you know, creating that safe space and opening up a, a place for people to be vulnerable is, one, making sure the moderators on your stage are truly listening, right? None of this, oh, I'm driving, um, I've got to do this, or I'm doing that, or my baby's doing, well, baby's fine. But you know what I mean? Like, things that are distracting that will make you not able to respond in a... Um, truly thought out and um, lis they, they listened and they they digested and they internalized what you're saying so they can give you um, a good a, a good space to open up. So I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is making sure if you are able to um, really dive deep into something, right? Let's say someone had this really really bad breakup and they're they're in there and they're venting and they're dropping everything and. And, um, you know, it's starting to get to a negative space or something like that. Um, you have to be able to give them the space to open up and vent and drop what they need to drop and, um, you know, say it out loud and, and have, have a space for that. But at the same time, as a good moderator, you have to protect everybody else in the room. So you are setting the tone for how you are going to um, – allow these stories to come out and how you are going to respond to them. And I know a lot of people, if they're dropping something really heavy and really negative, they'll let the, the room's energy just completely plummet. And then, um, they won't really have a response for it, right? Like it's that, it's that like weird, like <laughs> dissonance feeling we get where like, I'm so sorry. Like that's the whole response, right? And that's not, that's not an actual open response. That's not a, I listened and I gave you space and, and we're here for you response, right? And so making sure the people inside of your room know that you and anybody on, on your mod team is able to do that is a huge thing. So to, to reiterate for the, for the, um, mods here, um, how to create a safe space in Clubhouse. I covered a couple things, but I'm going to pass the mic to you guys. Um, Allie, let's start with you because I know you probably have something to say. Um, and, and do you have any quick tips on how to create a safe space inside of a Clubhouse room? You are so right, Jocelyn. I do have something to say on this one. Um, so I, I will second what Jocelyn said, um, especially about the part where having the mods um, be present to the conversation um, is huge because, you know, and especially like when you get mods who, and, you know, I know life happens and everything, but when you have somebody who's 
repeatedly saying things like, you know, oh, can you repeat that? I, I was, you know, multitasking and wasn't listening. You know, that, that basically sounds a lot to the people who are speaking and have come up on stage um, as, you are not worth my time. And I'm only in here to gain followers. I think that's seriously all it comes across, right? Um, and I have been in some amazing rooms where the moderators are so aware of things that are going on. Um, I, I have followed some amazing people who, who are conscious of, of the language that they choose. And when they slip up, because, you know, we're all human and occasionally that happens, they immediately recognize it and apologize, right? Like, I will do better. And they make that effort to do better. Um, so I think that's a huge portion of it, right? Like, just be present and be mindful of people. Um, because we're all here just looking for connection, right? I mean, if anything that this lovely pandemic has taught us, that we all want connection. Um, so I think I think that's my biggest tip. So I am done speaking. Thank you, guys. Of course. All right. Oh, Suzette, go ahead. I'll just, I'll just want to make sure that if anyone else in the other ones wanted to jump in first, that was all. Um, and look, and that is, for me, one of the, I think it's also being, you know, some of these are fantastic, you know, so if something happens, but I think you can also help to proactively reduce situations happening by, um, I know, No, I, I'm so sorry we skipped you, but we will be coming back as soon as we're done with Seal's question. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Go ahead, Seal. Thank you. Thank you, Jocelyn. I appreciate you, Maggie. 
Um, so um, my last question is, um, how how can I uh, do you when before when you called in Ramon and you picked Jocelyn? Maybe this is one I can direct to you as the main moderator today. When you decided to pick, say, Allison and Ali and Seth and Jean, um, how did you have to call a meeting before? Did you? I guess that's one thing that I wanted because I wanted everyone to be in the same space, and I know that I need to vet each person. I'm actually, I have a background in, in human resources hiring, and so I know that I have to carefully vet the people that I choose to moderate my rooms. My question is, right before your, um, your, your room, do you set up a meeting in the background, and what exactly is a back channel? Okay, so you have a lot of really good questions there, and I will just sum it up in one uh, question for everybody here listening. Uh, how do you set up a room so that your moms know what is expected, when to show up, and how to communicate throughout the room, basically, right? And um, the answer is um, I actually have modded. Okay, so Allison, just to kind of walk you guys through how I know my mods, Allison came on to my podcast. Allie is my bookkeeper. I met her on Clubhouse here. Uh, Suzette, I met here on Clubhouse, um, and we are doing some partnership stuff um, outside of it, but we have also moderated a lot of rooms together. And Janine is the same as Suzette. We are uh, – we, are, we have moderated a lot of rooms together, and we um, absolutely love working together. So part of the reason um, I want to tell you these things is, I mean, on Clubhouse, there's this, like, thing of, like, oh, you know, the mods. We, we all know the mods, and the mods are best as friends. And, and, and honestly, five months ago, I didn't know any of these four ladies, none of them. I knew none of them. Um, and it has grown over time. There are certain people, um, we are in the Health Business Owner Health Club, which I own, right? And so there are certain people that I specifically allow to mod um, rooms inside of my club, and um, they have to go through a whole set of things. Every single person here has, has kind of heard what I expect out of the room, um, what I expect out of my mods, um, and, and, and done all of that, right? They kind of know what my vision is for uh, HABO, which is Health Business Owner Out, um, um, and they understand me as a moderator and how I kind of run my room so no one kind of gets butthurt or things like that. Um, also, on the back half, um, we have a back channel, which is basically just a chat where all of us are in. I think I'm missing Suzette in my chat. I don't know. Um, I know I'm missing one of you. <laughs> but uh, we have a back chat where we all are messaging back and forth on Instagram. You can use Instagram, WhatsApp. I've heard people use Discord, Telegram whatever works, Slack, whatever works for you and the people you're working with. But the idea is that you're all talking together. So, for example, let's say by accident I bring someone up and then it's a spammer, right? And they hop up on the stage and um, you are, uh, you know, they're, they're screaming profanities, which has happened in my rooms. <laughs> Not going to lie. So, um, and, you know, how are we going to react to that? What are we going to say? Whose job is it to quickly remove them from the stage? What are we, what is the protocol for that, right? Do we have a discussion before we block them? Like all of that stuff is in the back chat where we're not going to have that discussion where I'm like, Allie, did you just hear what they had to say? Like, uh, what, what do we say to that? Like, who's going to respond to that, right? We're not having that on stage. We're typing it 
back and forth in the back chat so that um, it doesn't disrupt disrupt the conversation being had. But at the same time, um, we can keep the conversation flowing in a good energy and positive um, in, in, you know, inside the room so it doesn't trigger anyone. Or if we are triggering someone, we can we can have a good response to that, that kind of thing. So that's what the back chat is. All of that to say, that is how I set up my rooms and, and, and continue with the conversation. Um, and for anyone here that is looking to market themselves on Clubhouse, and we'll kind of pull it back into marketing your brands here, um, but if anyone here is looking to market on Clubhouse, um, never, ever, ever be afraid to hop on stages, especially if, you know, you see one of one of these mods um, up there, because you know it's a very inclusive space. There really are no stupid questions. Um, we are going to give you actionable information. And um, we, we can we can roll with you, right? Um, there are some rooms that I'm not going to lie here in Clubhouse that are very like pay to play, right? You have to have a certain level of followers, you have to know certain people, you have to be at a certain level of your business in order for um, you know you to work together. We don't we don't run like this. None of none of the moderators here run like this, and so um, there's never a a wrong question or a bad question to ask. So anyway, I'll stop talking. <laughs> Hopefully that helps feel. Yeah, thank definitely. You, definitely. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate everyone. And um, I'm going to get up. I'm actually at my client's parking structure. So thank you, guys. Okay. Bye. Have a good time. Bye, guys. Alrighty, so we brought some more people up to the stage, and as a quick reset, we're talking about marketing when it comes to your brand. Um, I am going to pass the mic to Asim, who I am so sorry I skipped you. I think maybe you hopped out and you hopped back in, um, but what is your marketing question for us moderators? Basim, your mic is muted, so it's the bottom right-hand corner. You should see a little microphone. You're going to need to hit that in order for us to hear you, if I'm saying your name right. Is it Wassim? If it is, I apologize for completely butchering it. Going once, going twice, going three times. Okay, cool. Moving the mic over to Lou. Lou, my friend, welcome to the stage. Um, I am really excited to hear about what you do and what your question is for us. Financial planning through that, and so the subscriptions are sold through physical, 
Um, so we're like moving towards, you know, growing the business, hiring other advisors, and things like that. But for you know, the time being, it's it's all centered around myself. Okay. All right. So that's that's a that's a fair answer. You know, you well, kind of. Um, <laughs> so here's what I would recommend. You know, what's the it's that face, it's that personality, people being able to connect with the brand more than anything else. Because you're in those early stages, I would leverage that. I would go ahead and I would let the two kind of mingle comfortably, right? Lou, the financial advisor, and here's a bit more about the company and the delivery and where we're going. And it gives you the opportunity to really tell this great story of how you, Lou, the guy, you know, the financial advisor, does this amazing thing, has this amazing um, goal that he then uh, achieves with your, your new company. So I think that there's a really good story to tell there, and the two can be interwoven really comfortably for now, until it gets to the point where it is time for it to be you know, less about you, and it needs to be more about the, the standalone product. But it will be an organic development that will happen holistically, because it, it will be time to, there will be more products, and it will need to be about you. You won't be the product any longer, right? So I think it'll come naturally. So for now, yeah, I would go ahead and I would I would leverage that bootstrapping story. Okay, so question, because that's that's actually what I've been kind of doing, but here's where here's where I guess my predicament is it's more about like when I'm posting, I'm basically, you know, like on LinkedIn, it's hard to post for me in the company because the advice is coming from me and I'm supposed to be talking, you know, people are looking at me and my LinkedIn to see like what I'm talking about, right? And then, you know, on other social media platforms it's a little bit easier, but I'm still getting that like where do how do where does my part end and I start like, you know, mingling the bringing the company to the forefront, you know? Does that make sense? separate, but we are inter interconnected and, um, and that 
when I come into clubhouses, when I step up on stage, when I talk to people, people are talking to me. They're resonating with me. They're, they're, I'm developing that no like, trust factor with me personally. But it is also having, they are learning about the company and they are getting introduced to the company through me. So I am raising the brand profile of the company through my, my personal brand. But conversely, I also, as Gina said, you absolutely need to be building up the, um, the actual company brand because otherwise you're going to end up in a situation where your personal brand actually you know, subsumes your company brand and you actually are not separate. So you need to make sure that it's a strategy, that you put in a, um, a strategy that you have both. Um, what that was actually described to me and how it sort of the penny dropped for me was Tesla um, has something like I think 2.4 million Twitter users, uh, Twitter followers, sorry, but Elon Musk has like something like 23 million. And so, you know, they are both separate, but Elon, Elon actually drives Tesla's brand and they are absolutely interconnected, but they are still separate brands. And it's something that it is a fine line to, to, to manage, um, but it absolutely can be done. And I think you actually, conversely, if you can um, navigate that, the rewards are astronomical. And I have noticed that, I mean, I've run a company for 21 years. I have built a business. And yet, doing this strategy has launched both uh, the startup and me personally in a few couple of months, something that it took me years to do in my other company. And so I think, you know, it's a very, very strong strategy, a very powerful strategy, but it's also, you know, I, I get it's difficult. Very happy for you to reach out to me, happy to have a chat with you about it. Um, I totally know the struggle myself because I, I am going through it myself. I'm set up to speak. Thank you so much for that. Really um, really Sorry, Alison. Yes, um, hi, Lou. Um, I'd just like to have you here. I've been in business 28 years, um, my husband and I. We have a business in the corporate world in mining and resources. And then we have my business where I work with small business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, absolute extremes. And then in that mix, I also found this brand, a charity, in Vietnam for over 10 years. So we had three very distinct arms to our business. But what I learned um, along the way was that people connect with people. You know, so like with the charity, for example, I wanted to remain behind the scenes. I developed training programs and things for blind people. And I wanted to remain behind the scenes. And then somebody said to me, you know, People are not that interested in an organisation that's creating training programs for blind people. But they're really interested in an Australian woman and her kid who go trekking to Vietnam a number of times a year and help out these blind people. It's the human connection that people want. And so it's you, the person, that they will connect with. And then you introduce and you promote the companies that you're dealing with and your company pages. And just another quick thing, once you have established them, it's very easy to be strategic and to work that into your content strategy. And by sharing from, you know, if you post on your business page on Facebook and then you share it into a group or the same on LinkedIn and then you share it on your personal profile, you're also feeding your own little ecosystem with these algorithms. 
So there's a really clear place for each of them. I'm Alison, I'm done talking. Thank you, Alison. Yeah, so that's that's where I, I gain the most business is when I can make that personal connection and tell my story about coming from a collective background and how I overcame it, you know what I mean? And, and to make that connection, if I can get somebody on a phone call to have that conversation with me in person, so that person, person um, you know, that, that deal is done, right? But it's, it's getting those people, like, who visit physical.com to then, you know, move on to the next phase, which is that conversation. And, you know, the personal branding is huge in that, right? Like, I, I completely agree. Uh, and it's just, you know, once they review the page and everything, you know, they're more comfortable after meeting. But it's getting people to that, that visit my home page to then have that conversation. Uh, and I think that's more the personal branding side and kind of pushing that out more from what I've got from this conversation. Awesome. I'm so glad you're getting stuff. Um, I guess, do, does this does this help you kind of get a, a good step forward um, in your marketing here? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For me, you know, my biggest hurdle, and I'll, I'll be quite honest, is social media. I'm just not that into social media. So it's like, it's, I, I'm getting more used to posting. You know, I've been posting for a while, but I've, I've, I'm forcing myself to do some, like, coming to Clubhouse and being more of a social media thing and connecting and networking. But, you know, I completely agree putting my brand out there through, through Clubhouse has been, you know, something that can, that's been coming more naturally to me than, like, posting on social media. So I just have to force myself to put my brand out there and my personal brand out there on social media more often. It sounds to me like it's time for you to give social media manager. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to outsource. It's time to delegate. Yeah, give that stuff away. If it's not you, if it slows you down, if you are getting in your own way, you need to give that to someone who absolutely loves doing it. you know because Suzette will never say it um, she has simple marketing.ai it's content made easy it helps you write your blog posts Facebook posts I mean all of all of the posts and it's really really good um, and you just input keywords and it, it spits out um, content that you can then edit and make your own um, and it's it, I'm just to let you know it's very good and I'm more than happy to chat with you as well People don't know this as much about me, but I do own a marketing agency outside of Clubhouse. We do content for people just like you. So absolutely would love to talk to you about that. But <clears throat> it's not a cell room. It's a help room. <laughs> so you can, anybody is welcome to hop into any of our DMs and we'll be able to point you in a relatively good direction. Okay. So as a, a reset for this room, this room is being held in uh, Help a Business Owner Out. In the Help a Business Owner Out rooms, um, notes are being taken and will be sent out to each and every one of you at the end. Um, okay, maybe a little bit past the end, you know, because editing and things. But at the end, and um, feel free to DM uh, Help a Business Owner Out if you for sure want them because they can get them to you even quicker uh, if we don't have to go finding you. 
Uh, as that being said, we have some amazing mods up here. We have Allison, who has had 28 plus years in business. She is amazing when it comes to content repurposing. We have Allie, who is a badass bookkeeper and very, very good at business development. Um, and just really filling in the gaps and being the accountability of a business. Suzette um, helps people create marketing content in minutes uh, with that simply or simple marketing.ai. Highly recommend you check it out. Janine is a business architect. She has a club B2B women. So if you're a woman in this room and you're not in that club, head to your profile, scroll to the bottom and join B2B women. But she is absolutely awesome at untangling your business operations and helping you build systems and processes. And lastly, we have Miss Lauren. She is a marketing strategist straight up. So um, if you are needing help with your content, sales and impact, she is the girl to go to. I want to welcome everyone new that popped into the room. This room is all about marketing for your brand and making sure that your what you're doing uh, in your marketing is building your brand uh, with it. Anyone that has a question or tip is welcome to the come on the stage. I know I've invited some of you up but don't feel like you need to be invited in order to come up to the stage because we are here to just chat it out. We're here for at least another another 10-ish minutes, if not longer, if we have more questions. So, Ms. April, welcome to the stage. I love your picture. It looks like you are just so happy in it, like just, you know, so free and happy. Um, tell us, what is your marketing for your brand question? Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. And thank you to whoever invited me up. I totally appreciate getting invited on stage. So I can talk, because whenever in life can you do that anymore, right? Um, and also, whoever branded this clubhouse room did a really great job, because it spoke right to me. I'm the target market for whoever titled it. I, it you know, it, it really says it reinforces for me the importance of copywriting and marketing and getting the getting those just the right words in the right place um and i you know I, i'm i'm always uh, attracted to anything to do with branding because i help my clients market their business and and, and build their brand and um and so clubhouse has been uniquely valuable to me i'm sure for a lot of other people too because now I'm focused on well. What about my brand? Why don't I? What does my profile look like? What is what is, what what uh, what happens when they click on my Instagram? Go to my links, and I've been I actually hired a, an assistant from Clubhouse about a month ago, and I'm so happy and I'm more excited. We're like, oh, we should add another team member, and so I'm really I'm like used to Clubhouse. I'm getting I'm really. Uh, getting every last bit of value out of out of all these rooms and I, I just I love the energy from these amazing authentic talented people and um, just really really enjoying um, the opportunity to, to be here and be a part of it and um, it's, it's kind of rejuvenating my 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 excitement enthusiasm for my own business um, for the first time in a, in a little while here so Thank you for letting me speak. I'm just happy to be here and continue to listen. Do you have a question for our wonderful moderators? I, you know, I jumped out so late. I'm really sorry. Everything I've heard so far has really been interesting, though. Um, if I have a question, I, I'm sure I do. I, 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 I'm just a, 
just uh, I, I don't really, so no, I don't. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, that's totally fine. Don't worry. I so I don't want you to feel like oh I I I, I forgot I was supposed to ask a question and all of that. So we'll leave you up here. I'm trying to bring up Miss Stephanie, um, and Stephanie, you have to accept it in order to get there. We go. She's up here. Stephanie, welcome. Hey, we're gonna go right straight to you. Do you have a question? <laughs> What kind of content would be the best for your business? Does that sound right? No, what sort of, so if I'm feeling overwhelmed in, in, in just getting bogged down and doing my social posts every day on Facebook and on Instagram, which sorts of things would I, would I hand over to somebody? What would be the, the biggest bang for my buck? Oh, 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 okay. All right. So um, basically, what can you outsource to make your marketing, your content marketing specifically, a little bit easier? I love that. Okay. So um, I'm going to pass this to, well, no, I'm going to pass it to Allison because I know she has her, her own little way of doing things. Um, and then uh, Janine, Suzette, and I can kind of take it over. And Lauren, oh, and Lauren, duh, Lauren's here. Um, but I'm going to pass it to Allison first because she has a, a really good system. So, Allison, can you tell us your system in like 60 seconds? If you're there, here we go. I certainly can. Um, so, yes, I'm the systems girl. You do it twice, you can put it into a system. First thing I would suggest you do is to record everything it is that you do do and then look at what you really don't want to do. Because you know if you really don't want to do it or somebody else can do it 80% as well, then you can delegate it. Now what I do is I have a three-month content calendar. I've got a really neat little system for doing it. And I then hand it over to VAs. And so I write a blog post that's repurposed about 12 times with very minimal input, and I, I have VAs that actually implement those for me. So I, I don't think about, you know, creating all of this content. I'm too busy growing and scaling. So write it down, get a strategy, and work out what you're doing. I hope that was less than 60 seconds. Boom, bang, I love it. <laughs> oh, okay, so um, basically what she's saying for everyone in the room, if you don't know what repurposing means, she's writing a good-sized blog post, she's taking it, and then she's breaking it down into videos and social media posts and emails and everything else that would need to go out for your business for content. So I'm going to pass this to Lauren because I know she hasn't really had a chance to, to really impart her wisdom yet, and she's amazing. So, Lauren, what are some tasks that um, Stephanie can hand over? Or no, yeah, Stephanie, right, Stephanie? I'm not Stephanie. I don't know. I, 
people moved on the stage. I don't like when that happens because I, I counted it out. <laughs> can hand over uh, to a VA or to a social media manager or a marketing person to help her out. <laughs> as 
a time saver. Remember that you are trading sort of one time suck for another because the, the new time suck you have is that there's a person that you need to manage. And <laughs> it's true that they should come with their you know, skills and abilities and all that kind of stuff. But they are, I think of them as internal customers. I, when I was brought up in corporate, we had external customers, internal customers. And uh, our internal customers are our, our team people that we work with. And those are relationships that have to be managed as well as the relationships with our external customers if we want things to be effective. And so that means being uh, proactive in communication, making sure that they have documented standard operating procedures, expectations are clear, you're available to answer questions, all that stuff, right? So be aware that it's not, you know, like you can just kind of give people stuff and it happens like like automatically while you're asleep. You know, you, you, as, you have a responsibility as the leader to be in charge of how that how that relationship develops and the success of it is as much your responsibility as it is theirs. So, yeah, just that. Um, Jeannie, and thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you. <laughs> Can I just jump in on a couple of things? Um, one, just to reiterate what everyone's been saying about just, you know, sort of getting clear. A real quick tip around how to do that is, um, and I'm happy to send the template to anyone. There's no opt-in or anything like that. This is something that I had, I developed years ago for when I actually tried to develop an online business online course and completely failed. Um, so um, I know exactly the struggles and that sort of thing. One of the things I did, though, was actually working out a little system of working out the tasks on how to actually pass over. There's sort of three big sort of groupings. You have your critical tasks with or critical things that are related to your genius. So, like, um, as Jeannie was saying, she did the real because that's her personality. That's critical. You know, it, it meets you or your business um, to step up because it's, it's mission critical to your business and your brand. The second level is ta- activities and tasks that support the things around social media um, and, all, and marketing and all these the tasks are absolutely doing that. The third level is um, your admin tasks with Ali's amazing admin bookkeeper, those ones which are supporting your business, but they're not necessarily supporting um, the, you know, they're not supporting your delivery of your actual sales. So then you're back off the something. So absolutely critical and important for the business, but not for the delivery of the you know the customer and, and making a sale um, as such. So one of the things with that is doing um, and. Depending on your business, some things are going to be, you know, fall into one of those three categories, uh, and it's going to vary between your businesses. And so, just writing down, as Alison mentioned, you know, you do it by video, you just write it down, whatever. Just do a brain dump of all the different things you do in your day, and then sort of put against them. You know, is it mission critical? Is it a supporting task, or is it something that's a back office thing? Um, then, it, then the next thing I'd also do is actually take just a bit of a quick, you know, maybe over a week long, just take a quick check of how long does each of those things actually take you to do in real terms. Because you may be thinking that something is costing you a long time that actually isn't. But conversely, something else that you're not really thinking about and you're just doing may actually be taking a lot of your time and isn't actually a target. If it falls into one of those, the second or third options, which is, um, you know, things that you can pass over really quickly because they're not actually critical in advance. Sorry, they're not, they don't, they don't, you aren't critical in doing them. Somebody else can do them on your behalf and you can put systems around. 
So once you've now got this combination of you know the, the priority order and how often you do it, really quickly you're going to be able to identify tasks that it could be much you know that are good candidates to pass over to someone else, either to a staff member or a VA. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, Jen mentioned about this management of VAs is a time suck. Absolutely, totally, totally agree with her because you can absolutely swap one with the other. Um, I have been managing VAs for you know over a decade, and I know how to do it. I'm really good at you know sort of systemizing my business and everything. Yet we have recently engaged all of our VAs through a VA company, and the reason why we did this for exactly the reason Jean just actually mentioned, which is I don't actually have the time to manage them. I manage their what they're doing. I don't want to manage them as a staff member. So the service, totally, they look after the HR, they check in on the person for me, they actually make sure that, you know, if I um, flip them a procedure, that person then, it, it, you know, they take care of actually looking after that procedure and turning it into and helping that VA to actually be able to do it. And we actually have a situation where we you know, we actually engaged one VA, it looked absolutely awesome through them um, in our first VA, and they recommended one of the other th- other three candidates, so we used three candidates. Within two weeks, we changed over to the other person because we totally made the wrong mistake, the wrong decision on who we employed. And they were really good at within, within 24 hours, we had a new person on, and she's been absolutely awesome, and they helped support and engage, you know, and, and, and employing her. So, yes, there's still absolutely a case of we have to manage what she's actually doing, but all of the employment HR sort of stuff is just taken care of for us. Um, and so that's something else. And if anyone's interested in either of those two, just DM me, and I'm very happy to put you in contact with that company. It is an Aussie company. Um, the VAs that they specialise are in Philippines, um, but I, I may have some other alternatives for you in other areas if that doesn't work for you. Um, but the other one in regards to that um, hand, that uh, template that I said, just a little one-page sheet to help you work out your task, happy to flip back to anyone as well. There's no, no, no requirements or anything. Um, and what I will tell you is, um, if anyone wants those two things, I will make sure to link them in the notes. So, Suzette, you can get them to me. I will link them in the notes, and they will be there um, for everyone to use. I'll write it. Cool. That was a lot. That was a lot, Stephanie. Did you get, did you get what you wanted out of that? Thanks for coming on stage. That was a really great topic to bring up. I'm so glad you did. Um, and I'm going to move the microphone to Rosie. But as a reminder, this is in the Helmut Business Owner Out Club. These, these moderators are amazing. And if you have a question, even for one specific moderator, if you're looking through their bio and you're like, ooh, I want to know more, um, feel free to come up on stage. Uh, but the, the next person is Miss Rosie. And if no one comes out, um, comes up after that, I will ask the moderators, moderators one final question before we go. So, Rosie, tell me, what is your marketing and branding question? Are you there? You're muted, my friend. All right, while somebody's coming up, they're going to take your spot if you don't unmute. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll come back to you if needs be. Um, Lisa, since you came up, and, and it looks like Rosie might be just a 
I'm slightly sidetracked. Lisa, welcome to the stage and tell us what's up. Hi, thank you. First of all, can you hear me with the AirPods? We can hear you. We can hear you. Yep. Just to kind of sell if you're... question being is, you know, you have a personal following, you have a club following, you're doing these rooms, how can you build these rooms up larger? Yes. So, <clears throat> okay. So, first and foremost, I want to kind of break this myth that we have around social media that numbers are the most important thing, especially in Clubhouse, that is not the case, okay? So, um, that being said, if you're looking at like the number of listens you've gotten or something along those lines, you're probably you're probably going to be kind of sorely disappointed. You know, you're like, oh, I got 20 or 30 people in there. I don't know if I like it. Right. Um, but that's actually that's actually pretty good for a smaller following in a smaller club. What you need to be looking at is your bounce rate and how like how many people are actually coming 
through your room. So for example, I'm running the analytics on this room specifically. Let me refresh here. Just give me a second. Um, and we've got a 26.3% bounce rate, which is a little bit high in my opinion, but people are staying around for almost 19 minutes and listening to this room. So that's, that means that over 19 minutes, somebody's going to get all of that, um, you know, all of that knowledge, right? So for me, I don't really mind if I only have 10 people come through my room, if I can keep my bounce rate at, you know, in the teens and people are listening to my room in, in the 20s, right, for 20 minutes or more. So um, I would I would first kind of break that little myth in your head because I know like on Instagram, it's how many likes and comments you have and how many followers you have. And here on Clubhouse, is a little different. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I looked at your profile. It looks like you have like 750-ish followers, right? I don't know what club you're I, – I didn't look at your club, but I can kind of try to scroll here quickly. Give me a second. Um, oh, I like it. Help and Healing. It looks like you have 109 members. I have no clue how many followers that means, um, but I can look it up. Um, and – so so overall, you've, let's say, a 1,000 people that could possibly be notified that you are starting a room. Um, in, in, in complete honesty, a, a really good percentage to go off of is 5%. So if you have a 1,000 people, 5% is what, 20 people, I think, if I do that math right? So that's how many people you can kind of assume are going to come to your rooms. So keep keep that in mind that, again, it's not a numbers game here in Clubhouse. It's an engagement game. Um, and a, a sticky game, right? Like, how long are they going to stay? So that's your first one. That's, that's the first part of the question that I wanted to make sure I covered. So, um, you know, building up your rooms larger. The second thing is you can showcase how great of a moderator you are um, with just a few people, right? Um, I'm I, not going to lie. I, you know, I don't spend a lot of my time in these five, 600-person rooms, 1,000-person rooms. I don't get value out of them. I don't like, you know, being one of 80 mods. Um, and so I kind of stick to these smaller rooms where maybe 100 or 200 people come through it over, you know, the course of an hour or two. And, and you know, that's that's good enough for me. Um, and so I would kind of encourage you to do that as well and, and set a a goal of that room, right? So for my rooms, I want to see that people are actually following my club. The mods are getting DMs and, and connecting with people or able to DM people that have come through the rooms. Um, I get some really good notes and takeaways. Um, and then obviously that, that my own following grows is like the last thing on my list, right? Because I want to see that I, I take those that like people following and me and or the club or they're going over to Instagram and shooting DMs as engagement and saying that, hey, what you were saying, what you had brought to the table, what you, what your room was made out of is really, really something that helped me. Right. And I want to be sure I'm there. So um, that's how I do it. There is no um, behind, for example, this room, there is no sales funnel. Meaning, like, I'm not trying to sell you, you know, a marketing package on the back end of this. So, um, you know, there, there's that. Um, and, and it, I think that's a really good way to put it. So, I will stop talking. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yes, thank you. Uh, I've gotten some real good takeaways from that. Um, as well as your virtual assistant conversation a few minutes ago, actually. So, that's another thing I'm considering. So, I'm really glad I stopped to your club and I've just joined Kick ass. Awesome. That's perfect. That's what I want to hear. Um, could you clarify the, the difference between the member of the follower? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Totally. Um, yeah, the, what's the difference between Yeah, and then I just want to check. Stephanie, are you back? If you want to blink your mic if you're back. So I know. 
I don't see you might blinking your mic. Okay. All right. Just making sure we're not, we're not. Oh, okay. She is back. Okay. Good. So, um, the difference between follower and member right now in the clubs and, and, and clubhouse leadership, Paul Rohan, the, the people that have kind of created clubhouse have come out and said that they're looking to combine those numbers in general. So <clears throat> keep that in mind. But, um, basically it's, t- it's a tiered system. The lowest tier is follower. That means you really have, um, no, abilities inside the club other than you'll get notified when a room opens up um the next tier up is member and if the club owner has certain um settings turned on you could be able to create rooms inside of that club um and then the next tier up is obviously admin and that's just basically god function (laughs) inside of a club right so um anybody can nominate people into the club anyone can share a club link um but as an admin specifically you can share the invite link to get people inside of the app via your club's link it's like kind of like our you know personal invites um and you can open up rooms and you can basically delete people out of the club and things like that so that's the difference um they're looking to combine them so i mean Ideally, that difference is going to go away in the next few weeks to a month or so. Okay. Really appreciate it. Learned a lot tonight. Thanks again. This is Lisa, and I'm done speaking. So happy. And anybody here, um, especially those of you in the listeners' lounge, which maybe we aren't talking to, but you guys are listening, I would really, really appreciate if you screenshot um, this room, put it on your Instagram stories, tag Help a Business Owner out, and tag these wonderful moderators for giving their time to you guys. Uh, and and that's just that just, you know, helps us feel the warm fuzzies um, outside of Clubhouse. So um, I am going to pass the mic now to Stephanie. Stephanie, I'm so glad you could make it back by us. Um, and before we do that, I am going to let everybody know I'm turning hand raising off. So this is your last chance to get on the stage. You got about five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, cool. I'm going to turn it off. And we're going to go to Stephanie uh, now and and see what she has to say. Stephanie, do you have a question for us? And welcome back. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> I was just going over to follow uh, the room and something glitched. And that's why I, I, I came back again. So I didn't actually have a question, but I am learning a lot. Thank you very much, Lisa, for the question that you had too. Oh, perfect. I'm glad you're learning stuff. I am glad you are learning stuff. All right. Well, before we close out the room, I want to ask one final question of our moderators. And um, I want this to be kind of a, a more fun question. But what is the worst thing you have ever seen a brand do with their marketing that you would hope that no one ever does again? <laughs> and I want to hear that because we always talk about like the best tips, the top tips, but we hardly ever talk about the things not to do and the things we have seen that are just a no go. Don't do that. Please never do it again. So um, I'm going to go in backwards order this time. Lauren, then Jeannie, then Suzette, then Allie, and then Allison. So Lauren, what is something you have seen that you're like, please never ever do that again? I 
So um, that would be one thing is just make sure that your the mechanism of people getting added to your email list is they signed up to be on your email list. And the second thing related to email to be, um, I think we, it's easy to forget that there's one person on the end, other end of the email. So um, I get emails sometimes that are like, hey guys, or hey everyone. Um, but it's important to remember there's just one person reading it. So I would encourage anyone to sit down to write your marketing emails or really any marketing content that you have one specific person in mind and you literally picture them as you write your email. So um, for me, maybe it would be like, Dear Jocelyn, I'm sitting here with my latte. It's gone cold because I procrastinated. I mean, whatever. Get really specific and kind of infuse that level of personality and um, kind of like detail that you would if you were talking to just a friend or, or someone that you are actually writing a real email to, not like a marketing email. So um, I don't know if that was a succinct answer to your question, but hopefully there's something there. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Jamie. That's okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to come up with the unpopular opinion and say, don't use memes. I don't care who you are, I don't care how cool your brand is, don't use memes. It simply turns you into that, that like, old guy over in the corner who's trying to hang out and be cool. No, it's creepy. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're trying to connect with someone, you're trying to be timely, you're trying to be relevant, you're trying to stop the scroll. Your brand can do that. You don't need to rely on any sort of gimmick or anything like that. Every time I see a, a brand, especially in a major brand, using using memes or, or recreating memes and you piggybacking off of that, it just for for me as a as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, it's just fun to uh, but as a consumer, it strikes me as trying really, really too hard. So don't fall into the trap of needing to be gimmicky. Don't fall into the trap of stopping that scroll and thinking that that's the most important thing. Authenticity is really the crucial thing. It's a massive trend, especially in marketing right now, this authenticity, true authenticity. And that can only come from you. It can't be manufactured. It doesn't come from the box. So that is my... My final final tip is to uh, yeah, don't use memes, be yourself. Oh, Jeannie, that's interesting. Um, mine actually dovetails beautifully with James. Jeannie's. Um actually there was a case of this is sort of taking it off social media and bringing a similar concept into the game. Um, some of you probably know um, of Vegemite, which is, you know, some of you may have tried it, some of you may not. It's a, it's a particular um, condiment that uh, Australians are known for. It's a very um, distinct one. A number of years ago, Craft, um, who were the owners of Vegemite, wanted to go and actually, you know, sort of be trendy and you know, pick up on some of the things that were happening. So they put out to this, you know, we want to rebrand Vegemite, because Vegemite's been the same name for, like, you know, almost a century, if not more than a century. And so they actually put it out, and they got this, some, they got something coming and made it, the, you know, I think mean, it must have been a joke, but they craft to, to take it as a joke, as a name of iStack 2.0. So they completely rebranded Vegemite as iStack 2.0, released it to the public, and it completely bombed. Like, it was, there, there wasn't, I mean, you can actually go and look it up, it's, it's 
well known as a complete marketing fail. And it would have been a, something as like it would have been some joke, and it was like taking a meme to the extreme of actually doing it and incorporating it completely into their product development. So yeah, absolutely reiterate what Jimmy said. Don't you know try to be on trend, or sorry, try to be trendy for trendy sake or be doing these sort of things. Be authentic. If you have a great idea, test it. Make sure that your great idea actually is a great idea and that your market resonates with your market before you go and invest a huge amount of your time, your money, and in their particular case, actual you know, product, and they had to go and destroy this. And ultimately, your reputation, because they have never really quite recovered from that one in the Australian market, and there's quite a number of people who have quite a bit of snide remark in as Australians of the time when Craft tried to rebrand Vegemite my snack 2.0. So yeah, absolutely be authentic to your brand, test and validate, and don't assume. I'm set, I'm done speaking. Alright, so um, mine is, is, a, is a nitpicky one. Um, so um, my, mine is when people don't use things like grammar languages free, and there's like a ton of uh, Sorry about that. Alarm is going off. Uh, there's a ton of like um, you know errors in spelling, um, and like it's it's, uh, it's it's free. It'll just sit there in the little corner, and I'll be like, hey, this word's wrong for you. It's really simple. That I know I know that's a nitpick thing, but I I feel like you know if you have too many errors in a single post, or if you have too many errors in general, like people come to think of your brand as, you know, uh, having errors in it, right? Um, so it just, it kind of helps um, paint a concise message, and it tells people that you care about what you're writing, you know, that you're taking the time to go back through it and be like, oh, crap, <laughs> I didn't mean to put the in there three times, you know? Um, so so that, that, and then um, if you're going to use a uh, uh, stock graphics um, and like post up something uh, and I saw this done like I don't know probably over a year ago um, like a few years post and how oh it's time to get uh, it's time to get your gear for the new year and whatnot and like we were you know bad example we we're going into 2021 and they were using a photo that had a date book from 2019 like, um, take a look at what pictures you're using. That, those are my, those are my two, I guess. So, uh, I'm Allie, and I am done speaking. I'll pop it over to Allison. Okay, my number one tip, one, two, three, repurpose your content. So many entrepreneurs that I talk to and work with, they are focusing on a gold mine of content. You need to create one good piece of content, get a good strategy and system in place, and you can be posting across all platforms really good quality content, building your audience in the tiniest amount of time. So it's so much time, money, and resource left on the table by not repurposing your content. I'm Alison, and it's been great chatting with you all. Boom, bang, you guys.
these tips, questions, and answers, um, and then anything that they mention would be free for them, will be in the notes. Um, you will probably be getting an Instagram DM uh, from the Help a Business Owner Out account uh, with a link specifically to these notes so you can utilize them, share them, etc., etc. Um, come back to them time and time again, or really just get in contact with these wonderful moderators um, if you have follow-up questions. And I guess I will end the room here on an amazing note with these amazing tips. I hope everybody here got something out of it. Please make sure you are giving these moderators some love, whether that's over on Instagram, liking and commenting on a post, screenshotting this room and tagging in it in their stories. Anything, something um, to show a gratitude for them spending their time with us today and answering everybody's questions. Um, this was hosted by the Help a Business Owner Out Club. And I am going to close the room. Thank you all. It has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jocelyn.